Hey, Craig. Hey. <laughs> Wait, that's like, is that like the Fonzie? No, that was just me saying, hey. Well, I'm not. You sounded like the Fonz, the though. Well, that's purely coincidental. sounded like Arthur Fonzarelli. Purely coincidental. How old um, do you have to be to get that reference? You got um, the reference, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. good. Probably. So how much how much younger than you could someone be and still get that well, reference? Well, he's like I don't know, like he was he's been referenced on later stuff, so That is true. Yeah. I don't know. Um I don't know about that, but I did want to start this episode before we get into it uh, by uh, issuing some thank yous. Uh, Ooh. Uh, first, um, I just ran a uh, beer raffle. Um, I We talked about Skookum a couple, last week. I don't want to rehash that, but I, I raffled off some Skookum beer. Um, um, I, I got a, uh, a lot of donations from some of my Facebook beer groups and then a lot of Cougs on Twitter, too. Um, and Coogs in my Facebook beer groups as well. So that was pretty cool. We raised over $1,500 for various uh, Black Lives Ooh. Matter adjacent charities. Um, and some Coogs won uh, quite a few of, of the of the winners. I think three of the five sets were won by Coogs. Four of the five sets, actually, because one Coog won two. That's um, awesome. So uh, I appreciate everyone. Uh, that donated to that um, that's quite a lot of beer that's over uh, that's almost probably almost six times what the beer actually costs retail so um, that's that's a pretty cool pretty cool um, return on my investment there um, another thank you uh, I've been meaning I, I meant to to mention this last uh, episode but uh, I slipped my mind uh, because uh, we had Matt on but um, my uh um, my dad had um, uh, lost his house to a fire, um, and we had put out. Um, uh, uh, my sister had created a GoFundMe for him, uh, just to kind of help re- recuperate, re- help get some uh, funds to help you know the process of moving and and finding a new home. Um, and it was totally um, overwhelming. Um, um, over five thousand dollars raised and with a lot of notes that say like said like go Cougs and everything i know once we put it on Coog center the 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 donations really started jumping up and so i appreciate all of you um my dad is still looking for a place to live in yakima the it's tough to rent with a, a dog and a couple cats um i actually um, because of the uh, amount of money um they uh, are uh, have the potential to put a down payment on a on a on a, a home, so uh, he wouldn't have been able to do that without uh, that those donations. So um, I really appreciate everyone. Kind of keep that really you know opens up his options. Um, right now they're living out of a um, a trailer outside of his uh, his uh, parents uh, parent in laws house, um, so that they love to find a place to live but uh, it's been kind of tough uh, the Yakima rental market's apparently really tough um, uh, but anyway so uh, thank you everyone uh, for joining that it really meant a lot to my dad um, I, I'm pretty sure y'all made him cry a couple times so um, I, I'm gonna see him this weekend I'm probably gonna force him to record a, a thank you video uh, that I'll share on social media and everything um, so be on the lookout for that um, but anyway, so, uh, I'm this just is... imagining how uncomfortable your dad's going to be recording that. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> That'll be totally worth Maybe it. Maybe I'll get him, put a few beers in him first. 
Oh, that'll be better. But yeah, so this is Podcast versus Everyone. Um, I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Neusser. Hello. Jeff, how are you doing today, tonight, this late night? It's like this every year. I go on summer vacation, and then it's it doesn't really get any less busy. So it's, uh, you know, we're uh, we're hanging in there. We got the kids are doing virtual camp, which is a thing. So, uh, so that's interesting. Watching them do camp via Zoom uh, with other kids. Uh, so that's a little weird. But other than that, uh, let's see. We. Uh, Got a chance to visit with a with a friend today. It was pretty cool. He's uh he was our wish granter from Make a Wish when Tristan got his wish trip to Disneyland, whatever that was, eight years ago, seven years ago. Wow. And uh, so he drove down. We haven't seen him in in a couple of years, so he drove down and got to hang out and visit. And he's a, he's also a a former former teacher himself. Uh, was a PE teacher in Seattle and does a really cool like. Uh, uh, fundraiser for make a wish every year where he does laps around this, uh, the field where he used to teach to the, to the number of years that he is. And so he's 69 now. And so normally he's done this thing, but he couldn't do it because schools are closed. He does it on his birthday. Schools are closed and, you know, normally kids at the school join him. And anyway, so kind of sucky, but he, he walked around his, uh, walked around his, his neighborhood to the tune of 11 and a half miles. Oh. In order to uh, raise money for Make a Wish, so yeah, Lou Cutler, guy's the man. So it was good to good to meet with him, and you know, I wish the weather was better, but you know, it's all right, wow. I guess. It's better for doing yard work, which I'm doing plenty of. Yeah, you live where you live. So. I I do, I do. But what's up with you? Um, well, um, obviously, because I mean, this is hard. We didn't podcast last week, so like we got like all this catching up to do, and. You know, it's like no, there's yeah. not. Well, I went to Oregon. I guess I talked about that trip. I don't know if I did, um, but that was interesting to do. Yeah, like you said a, you were going a social distance trip to the uh, beach. Um, uh, tip, there was very typical Oregon beach weather. Uh, mm. uh, we felt pretty uncomfortable. We we were staying in Gerhart, which is a smaller town, and and you know that we go to the beach. There wasn't a lot of people around, and. Um, we uh, drove down to Seaside before we left, um, and there was quite a few people walking around without masks on, and Amanda and I have talked about how we re- wish we would have just turned around and went back, like, went away, but, uh, yeah. um, so we've been a bit nervous about that, but um, we had, uh, especially with the, the little one who uh, will intermittently wear her, wear a mask and intermittently not <laughs> yeah well it's, um, it's part of why like respond like every all the other responsible people have to wear one because there will always be people who either refuse or small children who just can't deal so yeah um it's up to, it, the to, rest her of cred- us. to her credit we went to the zoo um which has reopened mercifully um <sighs> went to the zoo the other day and she went a solid like hour and a half before she started complaining about the mask so that's pretty good um yeah most adults can't do that yeah um so yeah well (laughs) Um, you know i'm right yep most Uh, of the adults are like i've been in costco for 20 minutes i can't deal with this mask anymore well my users uh, my partner Amanda is a nurse practitioner and she wears it all fucking day. So I don't want to hear your little bit. Are you telling me she does that all day and she does not get carbon dioxide poisoning? Cause I don't believe you. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, maybe she's just, you know, 
maybe her and every single other medical professional <laughs> are uh, are just uh, specially adapted I, to it. I was going to say, I might believe that Amanda was specially adapted because she's a pretty special person, but apparently everybody else does it too, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but that trip overall is, is nice to get out of the house. We, like, basically, we, we cooked our own meals for the most part. We got, like, a little condo thing and that's um, always nice um especially with was, a small child there was a mcmenamins right across the street so we mm-hmm. had got like some pizza one night but okay. like takeout you know yeah um but uh it was pretty interesting um uh yeah so it was it was it was nice to just get out of the house I, it was really nice for uh, the toddler too um she's terrified of the ocean apparently um we would we literally could only play on the beach as far back as you could possibly go on the beach, like before, like there was a grassy hill and we had to be like right next to that grassy hill. Um, so she's not really into the ocean right now. Um, but she did enjoy digging around on the sand and all that. So taking uh, kids to the beach is seriously one of the best things. Like just, they will dig and they will run and they will, you know, splash in the water. But the only thing you have to do is just like try not to get totally terrified that they're going to wander too far out into the water. Oh, um, yeah. And we didn't have to worry about that with B because she would go absolutely nowhere near the water. Um, so, <laughs> see, is she like afraid of it or is she just, yeah, like... I think so. Okay. Um, I, we went to the Oregon coast uh, last year and um, it was like last fall ish. And uh, we were standing on the beach in, um, uh, uh, what's the, uh, town Cannon beach. And, uh, right. we were, we were just kind of playing and I wasn't paying enough attention to the tide and it rushed in and got us. And I, and I kind of picked her up quickly cause our stuff was next to us. And like, I picked up our stuff and, and I, I think that kind of freaked her out. And I think she got a little traumatized at that moment. Um, and then that hasn't worn off yet. She hasn't been back to the beach enough for it to, uh, to be, to be rectified. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, she, she's just, she, just not, not into it, not into it at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, you know, did you guys get her like a bucket and shovels? And... Oh, of course. Oh yeah. It's the best. Did you buy it down there? Or did you bring it with you? Because if you bought it down there, you probably paid twenty dollars for something that would cost you like three at the dollar store. No, we already we already had some. Um, oh, it's we've smart. Had some for a while, yeah. That's why you're my podcast co-host because you're smart. Like, that. well, I, I that wasn't that wasn't me. I, I they just appeared. I had nothing <laughs> to do with that. Uh, you went to an ice cream shop. Uh, yeah, I did. Um. The famous uh, ice cream shop in Gearhart, Oregon. Uh, the Sweet Shop. The Sweet Shop. They're pretty great. Have you been there? I have not, um, but Sarah has because she used to work at the Young Life Camp down there. Oh, yeah. I so actually went that to that camp when I was in high school. Did you? Yeah. Ugh. The big thing was no purple. There was uh, The mm, guy's right. side was blue. No purple. The, the girl's side was red and said, no purple you couldn't no go over. purple um we made some purple sometimes I'm not gonna lie. what um, at a church camp i don't believe it young life's not a church camp you know they, <laughs> yeah. they, they take anyone right. like that, they, they take well anyone. yes but I, the the primary purpose of the camp is uh pretty transparent i, did, I had a shirt for a long time like 
in high in college and stuff it, from that camp it had like a surfboard on it and stuff i remember and then nice. so that was the only um that was my one experience with gerhardt before there you uh, go before this time well now you have a new memory there's a mcmenamins and a golf course and stuff like the, wow. that's part of the mcmenamins so fancy wow. mcmenamins there gerhardt's growing up yeah, so, uh, yeah, we went to the ice cream shop. Great ice cream shop. You should definitely check it out. Um, saw a nice little um, uh, interaction uh, between the ice cream shop owners and some people wearing some uh, provocative uh, MAGA gear. Um, <laughs> uh, that was interesting. Uh, I don't really want to get into it. Uh, yeah. But, but the uh, – I, I – um, I recommend the ice cream shop. They're they're doing good stuff, and uh, um, I I, uh, I appreciate how they handled it. And so, um, uh, yeah, check them out. Sweet yeah. shop, Gerhard. Yeah. Speaking of things we appreciate, we appreciate four star basketball recruits. Yes, again, we have another one to talk about. Um, <laughs> what is like, this? World? Like this is like seriously, this is bananas. I mean, we're talking about as many uh, four-star basketball recruits uh, more than we've since the birth of this podcast, the, more than any football recruits, any four-star football recruits we've ever talked about. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been a four-star football recruit since we started this podcast, actually, because um, I don't think we had one in last. Uh, maybe we did. I don't remember. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe uh, maybe the quarterback. Was, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Andre, I'm going to say it's Andre. Yeah, I think it's Yaka, probably Andre. Andre Yakimovsky. Yakimovsky. Macedonia. I'm already dreading the Elder Drakasner. Yakim. Yakim. It's like, yeah, it's going to be bad. Just but it's going to be good at the same time. If he's Yakim. If he's Yakim. But yeah, Andre Yakimovsky. Um, Got to give some kudos to Jeff on this one. Um, he, so, uh, he signed, he was not evaluated international recruit. That's not that weird. Um, but he was kind of viewed as a, as a, as a, as a top international recruit. Um, and, uh, Jeff and, in, 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 uh, writing about the signing, uh, you, you said if he was an American, um, recruit, he'd probably land around the top 100 and, and, and you know, be in the four star range. And sure enough, uh, the very next day, two four seven sports uh, gave an ev- gave him an evaluation, and he checked in at four stars and uh, a ninety five rating, um, one of the highest rated basketball recruits in WSU history now, mm. um, just outside the top one hundred recruits for the year, um, which gives uh, a third top one fifty recruit in this class now which is insane which is insane yes that's not that's um jeff i i know you you did you gave uh you wrote up a nice evaluation and once you just kind of give your thoughts on him i i really liked your uh your point that he you know at six seven he could potentially be a point guard for us yeah he uh this is a kid who's really skilled um and the you know the video that that was circulating on him was from the Euro bees, which was last summer. So um, thinking of like these different levels of competition, the Euro bees are like the second tier of the European championship. So you got the Euro A's, which is, you know, your big time um, 
big time countries, big time basketball countries. You know, I'm at, I, I'm assuming it's, you know, countries like, you know, Spain, Italy, you know, like, um, you know, some of the more, you know, well-known basketball uh, countries in Europe. And then, um, you know, so North Macedonia is the, you know, the, the country he plays for and they were in the Euro Bs and he was just like shredding people, um, like absolutely shredding people. And he was doing it in a way though, that was like, like just extremely skilled. He, he was doing all sorts of different things. I mean, he was, he was basically it looked like he was basically the primary ball handler. Um, again, it's six, seven, right? So basically the primary ball handler, um, you know, could get to the rim, could shoot outside, um, was rebounding like crazy. Um, you know, it didn't really, you know, like most of these highlight videos didn't really show much in the way of, uh, you know, didn't really show much in the way of defense. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, but, um, but just completely having his way with these guys. Now the Euro B's are, you know, pretty significant step down, uh, from the Euro A's and this was like uh U 19 stuff. So, you know, younger, younger guys, um, you know, but peers and, uh, and he was just shredding them. And, and, you know, when you watch the video, you can see the competition level's not great. Um, you can see a lot of those guys are, you know, you know, not, not great players, not real physically developed, et cetera. But, um, you know, when someone sort of stands head and shoulders above the other guys, uh, that's what really sticks out. Right. And so, um, and, and that's what, that's what I saw in this. And so, so I, I kind of let my mind wander as to, to what kind of role he might have on this team. And, and one thing we know is that, um, you know, they, they definitely were looking for the Cougars definitely looking for a point guard. Um, Isaac Bonton is, you know, I, I think was, you know, willing and able to try and be a point guard last year, but I think pretty clear that's not his best position. Um, you know, he's not a great passer. He does get pretty loose with the ball when he's called upon to facilitate versus just when he's, you know, shooting. So, um, you know, I think it was pretty obvious that, that, that they're, you know, trying to, you know, slide a point guard in there, um, you know, hoping maybe Jefferson Koulibaly can be that guy, you know, the freshman from, I think, you know, Toronto, uh, I think they're hoping he could be that guy. Um, but it, you know, they're kind of relying a lot on a freshman to step in there. And, and there was, you know, there, they had had some offers out to some grad transfer point guards, um, didn't end up getting any of them, but, but it was just sort of clear that they were really, you know, kind of thinking about adding another, another player who could be a point guard. Um, you know, I don't know if, if Yakimovsky can be a legitimate point guard, but I do know that um, that he certainly looks like a, a competent enough ball handler, um, a, go a good enough passer, um, r really looks like an excellent passer, um, that he could be, you know, an option there. And we know that Kyle Smith loves his versatile guys, right? Like we know he, he wants the six tool players. He wants guys who can kind of do a little bit of everything. And, and this is a kid like that. So, um, you know, kind of got me thinking what his role might be. You know, maybe he starts with with Bonton. Maybe he is, you know, kind of the, the primary ball handler facilitator in that in that setup. Um, and, and sort of the nice thing about that is even if he's sort of playing point guard, he doesn't necessarily have to guard the other team's point guard, right? Because Bonton's on the floor. He can guard the other team's point guard. So um, it'll be interesting to see how those things fit. But, but I think bottom line is I would not be shocked at all um, if he were to find his way into the starting lineup sooner rather than later, um, he's got that kind of 
well-rounded uh, skill set. And I think the other thing is uh, he's reportedly heavier, stronger than what he was when I saw that video. So um, if he's playing at, you know, 6'7", 200, 205, which is what's been reported at this point, um, you know, that's not a that's that's not a small kid. No. Uh, that's not a small kid. That's Especially a, that's a kid if you're in the guard. Yeah, and he's also 19, right? He's not he's he's 19. He's not coming in as an 18-year-old and he's been playing pro ball, so he's been playing on an on a uh, an amateur contract, but he's been playing with a professional organization and he's he got just pretty sparing minutes with their first team this year, but he was on basically you know, he's practicing with the men. So, you know, these are all things that to me point toward a guy um, who, who could play immediately and, and maybe answers a lot of questions. You know, I mean, Noah Williams got a lot of question marks in terms of can he, you know, step into a bigger role. A lot of that depends on his offensive development. So um, Yakimovsky is, is already a much more polished offensive player um, than what we saw last year from Noah Williams. So, uh, you know, he just really he's an exciting player. He, you know, he fills a need and, um, you know, is a guy who, who could be, uh, you know, a starter pretty much right out of the gate. Yeah, that's it's it's exciting to um, just to see um, them wrap up a class uh, like this. Um, uh, he's signed already. The only guy that hasn't signed is Rosario. So, yeah, that's you know, a little tr- that's a little worrisome. That that's but. a little worrisome. He you know possibly still being recruited by Utah and some others, um, but uh, hopefully they can you know lock him in because he's an exciting player as well. Um, yeah. Uh, um, one thing to touch on that uh, you reported and um, we heard is that, and then other others places reported after that too. Uh, but they um, is that uh, the reason uh, they were able to sign Yakimovsky, add him to the class uh, when potentially would have thought of all of the scholarships are tied up is that um, they. NCAA, they're they're expecting NCAA to allow an extra scholarship because the um, early entry date is uh, the pullout date is so so late this year. Um, I think it's it's well, it's officially in August. I think but NCAA right now, but um, it so it's just kind of putting teams in a bind with the scholarship situation. So um, it sounds like uh, they're going to get an extra scholarship this year um to make up for that and and so obviously with cj Ellaby testing the nba waters um, we don't know whether or not he's going to come back yet still um he's obviously getting more opportunity hopefully to show himself um at some point and um so he may you know he's still he's he's looking for that first round guarantee but um yeah we'll see where that goes but yeah that's why they could bring in this exciting macedonian north macedonian macedonian player um and hopefully he's uh as good as advertised and uh a very exciting addition um it's funny you look at this uh you 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 talk about that well the overall we'll say this the overall recruiting class now is um sitting as high as wsu ever gets really it um it's seeing a national rank 31 on 247 right now um in fourth in the pac 12 which is uh nuts for a wsc basketball uh, totally bonkers um very can't even can't even overstate how crazy that is yeah that just doesn't happen um so yeah fourth ranked recruiting class in the league 
31st overall. Um, that, that might also speak to a little bit. Oh, Pac-12 recruiting may have been maybe down a little bit. but, um, uh, but <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, but still, fourth overall, uh, very solid class. One of the best classes in WSU history, without a doubt. Um, especially if Rosario signs. Even if he doesn't, this is still an insanely good class. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's funny, you're, you're talking about these six-tool guys. You look at, uh, you know, the kind of list and uh, of the, the six, um, well, the commits and signees. You have four guys that are listed as either combo guard or small forward. And, and you kind of end up with those types of guys when you're searching for toolsy guys as these yep. like sort of vague wing players where they can do a lot. Um, and that's really the kind of player like CJ Ellaby is. And, um, and then you got the big guys and, and the athletic bigs and, and Jackson and Abogidi. So um, again, we've, we've talked about this class a lot. Uh, Yakimovsky is just piling on to a class we were already excited about. We were already excited about it before uh, uh, Rosario committed. So, like, this is just another, like, uh, piling on of it. Like, it's an exciting class that um, um, makes you feel really good about the future of the basketball program. Yeah, it's. I think I said it at some point when we were in Slack, uh, just c- sort of chatting about you know what it takes to to be a consistent winner um, in college basketball. And you know the reality is, uh, you know y- you can have sort of these one off dream you know situations where you know the right kind of kids all come together at the right time for one magical season. Uh, but if you want to be a, a consistent winner, you've got to mix in some top 100 type kids like you just you have to. Um, and, you know, I, I imagine we've talked about this before, but, you know, one of the things that irritates, you know, both you and I is, you know, this this sort of popular myth among a lot of WSU fans that Tony Bennett took, you know, four scrubs or five scrubs off the street and threw him in the NCAA tournament. And. And that, you know, because everybody loves, you know, the pack line and uh, the system and everybody's excited about the system. And, um, you know, and, and when, you know, he left and they hired Ken Bone, oh, we need the system, which I, I think there was some truth to that, you know, which we've talked about, but maybe not in the way people were thinking. Like the system does not is not the end all be all. You know, the system's important, um, but what's more important than the system, and, and, you know, we should know this from watching, you know, the air raid over the last, you know, eight years, is that it's the players you put in the system. And Tony Bennett's magic was his ability to identify guys who could play within his system and, and thrive within his system, right? And and then, you know, people forget this, too. I mean, people always point to Kyle Weaver. Oh, Kyle Weaver was a two-star recruit. True. But Derek Lowe was a four-star recruit. Like, Derek Lowe was a pretty big-time recruit when we signed him. So, um, you know, there there was a lot of that. I mean, you know, Abe Lodwick, people like, oh, you know, goofy Abe Lodwick. Well, Abe Lodwick was a high three-star kid. Like, you know, I mean, they— you know, he lured some some pretty decent talent, um, and, and obviously he saw some things that maybe other people didn't see in, in some of these guys. But um, at the same time, you know, he didn't do it with a bunch of scrubs. You got to have a, a baseline level of talent, and and where you get that talent doesn't really matter. But you got to have it. And and what Kyle Smith is doing is is what Tony Bennett did. He's you know looking in you know places that are uh, you know maybe 
where you're maybe a little more likely to convince a kid to come to WSU. Like, you know, you're not luring too many four-star kids, uh, you know, from the United States to, to Pullman. And, you know, so what do you do? Well, you, you know, you go international. I mean, this is how Gonzaga built their program. I mean, I wrote a thing, you know, before Ernie was hired talking about like, hey, this is, you know, we should be doing the, the Gonzaga plan, which is, you know, looking at all these places where you can maybe lure talent that's not traditional. So um, love what he's doing. And, and now you can look and you can see with this class. I mean, they probably won't all pan out, but, um, you know, there's a baseline level of talent there that has the uh, the potential to grow into sort of a, a sustained winner. And I, and I don't think any of us really saw this coming with Kyle Smith. I think we knew he could coach. Um, but, you know, I mean, the idea that, you know, he's luring guys like this to Pullman is, is fairly exciting. Yeah. Um, very exciting. Uh, it, and it's just, he's doing this obviously with, by just, you know, after a 16 and 16 season and, um, you know, you know if they, they show more progress, who knows the type of kids he can pull with, especially with his, his, um, his staff gets more and more, um, you know, time with these kids. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and I'm stoked for this. Like, I, I, uh, really hope that we have a basketball season. I want to wear your wanna, masks, people. Yeah. Wear your masks. I want to see these kids play, man. I, this is, uh, I'm, I'm more excited for this than football season by far. And it's just, uh, um, yeah, I hope a lot of Cougs are too. You should be, you should be excited about this basketball program right now. Um, they are definitely on the rise and there's no reason to believe that they're not going to continue rising. And so, um, this is pretty great. Um, especially as basketball nerds, uh, we are all about this. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll, uh, we'll get into some beer, some football recruiting, of course. Um, and some, some other stuff. Uh, we got some more Coog stuff on the way. Um, so we'll go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll be right back. And we're back. Woohoo. Woo. All right, Woo. Jeff. Uh, what, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm on repeat. I did this a couple weeks ago. Might have even been two weeks ago. God but damn, uh, I know. I had one more fanzine left in the fridge and I wanted to drink it. So it's a Fort George fanzine, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. It's a collaboration with Grains of Wrath. And uh, yeah, it's a darn tasty IPA. I know you have a Fort George beer, though. I do. Um, it's a little more exclusive than mine. Yeah. Um, it's exclusive. They only sell it to certain people. Um, <laughs> Is that like for real or are you joking? Well, no, just the way you said it was exclusive. Oh, like it just I kind of wanted it. to think of like you going down to Fort George and like walking in and they're like, oh, hi, Mr. Powers. We I will mean, sell this beer to you. There's not like, you know, people, not, not everyone pays like $20 for a, for a, a 16 or 500 milliliter beer, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I obviously on the way back from our Oregon trip, we drove through Astoria and I, I did a, I did an online order and a quick pickup from Fort George. Um, we actually wanted to stop somewhere and grab some food and in, in Astoria, but, uh, the, the kid was asleep in the car and we were not going to disrupt that. So mm. we just kept on. No. Going. Yeah. 
Astoria is very nice. I would have loved to stop there. I really like that town, but like, nope. Yeah. We nope. like, I stopped, ran out, got my got picked up the beer, went out. So I picked up. Um, uh, Fort George has a, a, a yearly bourbon barrel aged uh, Russian imperial style. They called Metroishka or Metrioshka. I, I don't know how to say it exactly, um, uh, but they do uh, quite a few variants on it every year. It started as they do these variants for their uh, Festival of the Dark Arts, um, which is a festival I've really wanted to go to. I think it's in February every year um, down in Astoria. Um, it's just mm-hmm. in like pretty much stout exclusive festival. Um, I've heard great things from friends that have went that heard it's a blast. Um, Astoria is a cool town. Obviously there's a uh, reach break brewing is like a block from, uh, Fort George. And then right across there is, uh, um, uh, the bottle shop that is uh, escaping my name, uh, bridge and tunnel bottle shop, which is uh, one of the better bottle shops in Oregon is right there as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so this is a, a variant of Matryoshka. Um, it is the Matryoshka maple bourbon barrel aged Russian Ooh. Imperial Stout with maple and coffee added. Um, so a maple bourbon barrel is a bourbon barrel that was then aged, uh, that then had maple aged in it, maple syrup aged in it, which so uh, bourbon barrel maple syrup is a thing that, uh, uh, happen and it's pretty common in vermont um for to see that happen um there's some breweries in vermont like hill farmstead that sell bourbon barrel aged maple syrup in michigan you'll see some breweries do that and stuff so the places where maple syrup is is made in the u.s they do this um so this was aged in that and then uh they obviously added more maple and coffee to it so um i am um in honor of that i'm wearing my uh, vermont maple kings hat right now um that is not actually a team um it is one day a year the vermont lake monsters a single a baseball club uh changed their name to the vermont maple kings and they have a whole branding for it and everything it's pretty cool um i love the hat it's great i like to have a minor league cap from all the towns i've lived in um and this is my one for vermont um, interestingly, I, I saw, I was at Peaks and Pints, uh, getting some beer to go the other day. It's a, a place in Tacoma and, uh, the guy had a Vermont Lake Monsters hat on. And so I was like, Hey, did, did you live in Vermont or, or, you know, are you from Vermont? You know, someone from Vermont. And he's like, no, I, he just is really into like, uh, mythological creatures like that. Like, you know, like, uh, the Loch Ness monster and, and, um, and, you know, Sasquatch and things like that. Um, so, uh, the, the Vermont Lake monster is named out. There's like a, there's like a creature, um, in, uh, in, there, there's like a, a, a mythical creature in, in, uh, Lake Champlain, uh, in, uh, in, near Burlington, which is, uh, between Burlington and, uh, New York state. And so, uh, um, they, uh, so that he, he just bought it because of that. And so I thought was, that was funny. Um, but anyway, so, uh, my Maple Kings hat on, um, to have this maple beer. Um, I will say, um, I'm not always a huge fan of the maple bourbon barrel aged beers. Uh, uh, the maple, cause it's kind of like the maple doesn't add as much to the barrel as you would think. I think, um, I think it pulls out like some, it grabs some of the bourbon characteristics and doesn't leave behind quite as much as the bourbon had itself um so there always there's always this kind of like 
this characteristic of maple bourbon barrel aged beers that I don't like as much as bourbon barrel, but I wanted to give it a shot. Um, it had some good ratings and stuff. Um, it's not it's not a super sweet beer as you would expect with a maple and maple. Um, it's also a Russian imperial stout base. So a lot of times with these maple beers, you'll see them in kind of sweeter stout bases uh, to kind of just amp up the sweetness. Um, I'm pretty grateful for that. I'm drinking the whole 500 milliliter bottle, like 16.9 ounces of this. It's 12.7%. If it was a big old sweet bomb um, akin to like uh, double stack from... Uh, um, another Oregon brewery, Great Notion, or, or something like that, that'd be really tough. But this is kind of its balanced maple. Uh, the coffee is really light. It's not a lot there. Russian Imperial Stout is a style that's so intense in itself um, that it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it, it's a different sort of thing when it's barrel-aged compared to like maybe an oatmeal stout or, or a milk stout or something like that. Um, it's, it's more of a hoppier and more kind of harsh stout. Um, so it doesn't play with the sweet additives that uh that you might expect but i i, I kind of like it it balances it out um i I'd, I'd probably prefer a regular bourbon barrel over a maple bourbon barrel on this but it's still very nice uh it it, it drinks really easy at 12.7 um but it still kind of has the body that you would hope um i, I enjoy it it's very good um matryoshka maple bourbon barrel age with maple and coffee added i picked up a, uh, three other variants of uh of Matryoshka that I can't get, you know, around here. And then a, um, a barley wine that they did in a collaboration with the Colorado brewery, which I, that was almost the one I drank tonight, but I, um, I like to let the barley wine sit longer, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm having. It's pretty, it's going to get me feeling pretty good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so maybe let's, let's get it to some uh, more coog talk. Sounds delicious by the way. It's pretty damn good. It's getting better yeah. as I drink it more, too. That's always the best. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Cougs, uh, let's see. Football. Football. We have a football, football. team. I know. Our, our How many of our listeners waited around 40 minutes to listen to us finally talk about football? Uh, it's pretty easy to fast forward. I know. Um, they know what they're getting with us. They uh, know what they're getting. They signed up for it. Yeah, um, so football, uh, some you know in, uh, interesting secondary news uh, this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, first, I, I think the biggest news is uh, Daniel Isom is returning to the team. Um, yeah. Even uh, he he was dismissed for violation, vague violation of team rules uh, last year. Um, there always seemed like even when Leach was still around that he there was a chance he could come back. Um, and now he has, uh, he's back with the team. Um, uh, it was hard to evaluate him last year. He was playing, uh, playing out of position as a safety cause they needed him to after Jalen left. And then, yep. and then they moved him to corner and then he was gone. And so, um, I, I, I think he's much stronger at corner. Um, so I hope that that's what he gets to play when he comes back. Um, he's got good size. Uh, he's, I think he has some playmaking ability, um, but it, you know it's that defense was just all around awful last year, so it's just yeah. uh, especially in the secondary, so it's it's hard to uh, hard to evaluate some of the guys. He wasn't the guy at Arizona State that was getting completely annihilated by a future NFL receiver, but <laughs> um, uh, that was another that was the guy he'll be trying to replace. But um, 
Yeah, but, um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, it's great to have him back because this secondary is going to be hella thin <laughs> this year, um, thin on experience particularly. Um, so it's good to have a um, an experienced player uh, back on the team. Yeah, I mean, it you know can't hurt. <laughs> number one, um, and, and like you said, it was hard to get a read on you know really evaluating anybody because they were so so bad, and then. You know, something I think we've, you know, kind of talked about before is that, you know, the word dysfunction just comes to mind. Like, right. like everything just seemed dysfunctional. And so who knows what a guy's actual talent level is? Um, who knows if he was being coached up the right way? I mean, it was it was a mess. It was a total, total mess. So um, what I do know is, you know, when I went to and, and this is, of course, always extremely dangerous, but. Um, when I went to spring practices, <laughs> you know, a year ago, a uh, year and whatever ago, um, he looked really good at corner, like like really looked pretty clearly like the best corner on the team. Um, and of course, that was like you mentioned before he got, you know, swapped into safety out of need and then thrown back at corner. And and of course, every corner looked like they had no clue what their job was. Um, and, and then he was gone. So. Uh, I have a lot of hope that he could actually still be a pretty good player. Um, again, this is all it's all contingent on him him getting coaching and and there actually being a season and and whatever. But um, you know, I, I I felt like just kind of watching him practice that he he definitely looked like he was uh, you know physical enough to hold his own. Uh, did not look overmatched and and so that's you know the the, the there's some potential there. Uh, for for him to step back in and and be pretty good, I hope. So, uh, certainly can't hurt, right? You know, can't hurt, and um, you know, I mean, the the team that defense needs all the help it can get, and uh, so having a having a corner back, cor- cornerback, corner back, a cornerback back, a, cor- a cornerback back, <laughs> uh, is is a good thing, is a good thing. So, and, and you know, and and I mean, let's you know, I'll I'll even just you know put it this way too. I mean, look. You know, I'm all for kids getting opportunities. He's not really a kid, obviously. He's a he's a senior, but um, you know, I'm all for guys getting opportunities and and being able to to see their career out and 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 get a chance to play because it's a pretty special thing. So good for him that he was able to work it out with Rolovich. You know, I have no, I, no nobody seems to know what you know what caused him to get dismissed in the first place. Um, I would not be shocked if if it eventually came out that it was pretty flimsy. Um, just because that, that whole defense was so out of control, uh, just, you know, like I said, dysfunctionally that I I would not be shocked if he, you know, talked back to a coach or something and was sent packing. I mean, like, I I would not be shocked if, um, it it ended up being something like that. So, um, good on him to come back. You know, who knows if it was one of the third rail things I, you know, we'll see. I, I, it may come out at some point, but. Um, I would not be shocked if it was something relatively minor and they were just trying to get a handle on what, what was a spiraling situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, welcome back, Daniel Isom. Um, th- another uh, more secondary news, uh, more much-needed secondary news, uh, uh, Elijah Lloyd um, from San Marcos. Much needed recruiting news. Much needed. We just yeah. need, like, some really good recruiting news. So, yeah. Um Definitely the the highest rated recruit of the the class of ten so far, um, Elijah Lloyd. Um, 
So 5'10", 175-pound quarterback or corner cornerback uh, from uh, uh, Mission Hills in San Marcos, California. Um, committed a, last week. Um, so, yeah, you know, between him and Isom, uh, uh, secondary, I think, got a boost um, going going ahead this season. There was definitely an an area of need. Every um, I think uh, there's quite a lot of areas of need on the defense, but uh, – um, having a couple cornerbacks uh, in, in the in the rotation, uh, they also had uh, a safety commit Adrian Shepard from Texas um, a couple weeks ago, which we uh, I don't think we talked about. So, um, you know, again, uh, this class hasn't been uh, you know blowing our face pants off yet so far, but um, no. uh, Lloyd's Lloyd's a good piece. Um, and uh, right now, the national rank of the class is 69, which is if you're going to be bad, at least, you know, that's a good number to be at. Um, but, uh, yeah, so 10, 10 nice. in. Um, obviously, we still got, you know, 15 guys to go, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, this is all just a weird time. Um, but uh, this was a good – I think this is a good get. Yeah, there's going to be – I feel pretty confident saying there's going to be a lot of weirdness with recruiting between now and, and when these guys actually sign, uh, because you know, the lack of visits and whatever else. And I don't know, I've, I've been trying to talk myself into the idea that this, that the, the less than impressive group that has so far committed, um, is the coaching staff just trying to make sure that the floor doesn't fall out. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I keep trying to tell myself because I'm like the alternative is, you know, is way too depressing. But um, but, you know, if, if we're if we're going to be, you know, charitable and maybe look for a simple um, explanation for you know, for re- recruiting class so far, that is maybe not at the level that we hoped, um, you know, you just say, OK, well, maybe they're just making sure that you know, there's at least some level, some baseline level of talent that they don't, you know, get stuck holding the bag here in, you know, December. And, you know, maybe they've only got, you know, 10 commits or 15 commits or something around December and, and really have uh, what, what could potentially be a real problem, right, uh, for the early signing day. So, you know, they've got 10 guys in the fold now. Uh, you know, they, they seem, you know, again, like we've said, no need to beat that into the ground that, um, you know, it, it seems like a little lower quality than what, what we've gotten used to. And, and not that Leach's recruiting classes were, you know, blowing people out of the water, but, um, you know, it's, it's not quite what we were, we were hoping for out of Rolovich, but, um, again, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm just not sure what the play is here. And, and, you know, and then you also hear a lot of speculation about there, you know, potentially being a lot of movement once things open back up for recruiting visits and things like that. So, right. you know, I guess it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, this kid does not seem like one that they, uh, that is a, you know, at risk for, um, you know, being cast aside when something better comes along. Uh, I think they really do like him. He's very fast. That That's kind of his calling card is that he's a, he's a, a 100 meter kid, a track yeah. kid. Um, and, and may in fact, uh, try to run track while at while at WSU as well. So, yeah, so that's a good deal. And, and, you know, you can never, you really can never have too much speed. Uh, and that's so, yeah, 
It's uh that's a good one. And then there was one other commit. We didn't talk about this uh, beforehand, but all of a sudden I remembered it. Uh, another defensive back, and it's a JUCO kid who, if he makes it to school, would be eligible this fall, and that's Jalen Watson. Um, so he he was a one-time USC commit like a year right. ago, and then uh, apparently by by what he said uh, did not qualify after two years of junior college, which simply means he didn't didn't get his associates after two years. Right. Um, said he was reopening his, his recruitment. Um, and then said he was going to plan on being eligible in December. Uh, he was not apparently at least this, this kind of stuff you could read into. It was not eligible in December. Um, Mike, and then he committed last week, which means that he probably got eligible by completing his associates last week after three years. So, uh, if he, he shows up as, as far as I know, I haven't, don't think there's been any official news that he has signed a uh, financial aid agreement or anything like that. So, uh, perhaps it's still a little up in the air as to, as to whether he arrives, but, um, or maybe he's got one more, I mean, who knows, maybe he's got one more class to go this summer and everybody felt comfortable that he was going to get there, you know, who knows, but he, uh, yeah, if you know he's a physical kid, six two, one ninety five. I mean, that's that's pretty large for a cornerback, and uh, yeah. you know, seems like uh, you know he's talented enough for USC to be interested. So uh, at this point, you know, that's good enough for me. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, he must have been a pretty decent recruit out of uh, out of high school. Um, I, I think we can check that. Uh, yeah, he wasn't rated out of high school, but you know, I mean that that could be, you know, as much about academics as anything else. You know, right. if they know a yeah. kid's not going to qualify, then they just don't bother evaluating him at all. Um, so, yeah, I so, think that's that'd be my guess. And uh, what happened? So, according to two four seven, he was you know he had USC offering him again, so uh, in Arizona, uh, so. Yeah, you know, like you said, good size and um, again, just uh, throw some bodies on the pile for uh, the the secondary situation because it can't get much worse. Yep, and you know, I mean, you know the the thing that obviously comes up is you know where does the scholarship come from? Uh, Kook fan wrote a story on it. I did not read it because I don't have a Kook fan subscription, but I'm assuming. Uh, it's it's a similar situation to after the death of, of Tyler Holinsky where uh, the NCAA gives you another initial scholarship so you only sign you know typically can only sign 25 um, I'm guessing they're allowed to sign 26 with with the death of Bryce Beekman so um, so that's how that fits and again yeah I mean obviously a, uh, a position of extreme need yeah <laughs> on the you know or not necessarily in terms of players it's not like there aren't bodies but um, obviously extreme need in terms of, of an upgrade in performance. So, uh, you know, add another guy to the pile and, you know, can't hurt is, is kind of like when you added, you know, gauge Gabrud and went, you know, well, if he doesn't get there, then, you know, I mean, you just add another guy to the pile and that doesn't hurt. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's a good sign. Yeah. So, you know, could, we could, we could, we could add um, add Jalen Watson, and then uh, an Anthony Gordon level uh, safety will come out and like play. That'd be great. <laughs> Let's have that happen. That would be great. I could do with that. That'd be all right. 
That's one of the guys we have waiting in the wings, ready to dominate. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, so football. Football. Will they play? Will they won't? Football Who knows? that's Whatever. probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I like I just can't get that excited about it because I like and typically this time this of year I'm starting a, this, to write up I'm starting this, to write some football stories like I'm feeling pretty good and I'm just like I can't even I, just I know, can't even this has been a change for you because I I know um we we were talk we talked about this on an earlier episode and and I was being uh, skeptical about you know probably about a month ago or two I don't know I don't know man we haven't done that many lately yeah. so it's hard to know. And obviously, uh, with the uh, the rise in uh, cases in the U.S., um, yeah, coronavirus, COVID nineteen cases, uh, just everything. So it it seems nuts that baseball is going to try to play a season, and uh, MLS is wear a M- fucking mask. MLS and people, NBA, MLS and NBA want to play in Florida. I know. Um, hey, and I'll say like. Even even your dear leader Trump is uh, advocating wearing a mask at this point. So just wear a fucking mask. Like, <laughs> did he like, finally turn on that? Today? Yeah, he says it makes him look like Lone Ranger. Which oh, I, maybe he's wow. wearing it over his eyes. Then I don't. I don't know. <laughs> did he cut holes in it and put it I, over his eyes? Which yeah. Then then that's a that's you know a whole. I don't think it does much good up there. But yeah, uh, so I don't, Mr. President, I, I, I saw Sean Hannity advocating. So like literally, like I don't know where you are if you're. If, if 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 you're on those guys if you were following those guys advice they're now saying um wear the mask let's just all wear a mask it's fine you're it's not going to kill you if it is going to kill you then you, you don't have to wear a mask and just be happy that everyone else is um just uh wear a fucking mask i, I don't want to deal with this for a whole nother year I, yeah and this shit i mean this shit's serious and you don't People need to go die. to the bar stop going to the bar you don't need stop to go going to the, to the bar, bar. I mean, here's, you know, there was a story on NBC News tonight that, you know, California man who posted regret for attending party died a day later of coronavirus. Like, yeah, I mean, this happens. So how'd that that go for all the other people at that party in the next couple weeks? I mean, come on. The guy's like, you know, went to a party because he's not afraid of coronavirus. And then he catches it. And then he's like, actually, it's no joke. And then the next day he's dead. Like, that's horrible. Wait, Come so on, he, he he ex- he went to the party and died the next day? So he went to the party, he got it. Oh, okay. Got so, okay. sick. I was like, because when I saw it, yeah, yeah. when I saw someone post that, I was like, you wouldn't get coronavirus and then die the next day. That's not how it, pre- but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, he basically was like. He already had it and he knew exactly. he was Exactly. Two weeks later, shape. he was like, this sucks. You know, don't, uh, you know this is this is for real well, that's you know, why i was like i was I'm, wear a mask practice social distancing and then the next day was when he when he died so pretty horrible yeah that's what and that's amanda and i have been feeling like you know uh, stress for going to you know seaside and going to the main part and just seeing how many people were just did not apparently not worried about it and 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 we should have just turned around and we didn't we uh we, we kept walking and um you know that probably wasn't a good decision and yeah just uh stay home when you can and put off going to get that bar get that beer at that bar that you've been missing i've been missing it too but i i've 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 went to pick up beer at e9 and there's tons of people out there and i just it gives me you know the but willies. if we do this right 
then we can have some fun. Yeah. Like, like I saw it put that way. So New Zealand is having sporting events with people in yeah. the stands. And it's like, I, I saw a tweet where somebody said that this is like the, the elementary school class that has good behavior. And, and so they get the pizza party. Like, like they get like New Zealand gets to do the fun stuff because they did the, they did the hard work, you know? And, uh, it sure would be nice if we would do that. Now, I do think, um, I, I will say, I do think that definitely there will be football of some kind. I don't know if it's in the fall. I think that's looking less and less likely. Uh, maybe it's in the spring. Uh, but, you know, I stand by my original point that, you know, it is, uh, it, it's critical to these schools that yeah, there's a football absolutely. season of some variety. So, um, I still think that that's the, that that's, that's going to happen. I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know where and when and how, but, um, I, I think the great irony of, of like the NBA and, uh, you know, the NBA and the MLS plan and all that is that, and the MLB plan is they're like, well, we'll just, we'll go to Florida. Right. You know, and when they started making these plans, you know, Florida was wide open and their cases were OK. And, you know, they were sort of looking, uh, you know, people were were talking about how uh, the governor was was looking like a visionary because they had, you know, done right. And you know everything was all right. And, and you know, and now they are, you know, all these leagues, I guess MLB only sort of came to an agreement in the last week, but. Uh, but you know, NBA has been working on this for weeks. MLS been working on this for weeks. Like, you know, they, they started this process when things were okay. And then, you know, as it turns out, <laughs> you know, letting people go back to bars was a bad idea. And now you've got, you know, COVID everywhere. So, um, you know, I honestly think, I, I know that cases are going up again a bit in, uh, in, on the West coast, uh, you know, Washington obviously is dealing with its own thing. Uh, you know, particularly in, you know, some of our more rural counties in eastern Washington with, you know, like process, you know, processing plants and agriculture and things like that. Um, but I, I feel much more confident that the western states possess the ability to perhaps kind of get it back under control um, and maybe be in a decent spot by fall versus, you know, the, the basically the entire southeast uh, of the United States. When you look at maps of you know, counties and, and they use like, you know, green, yellow, orange, red type coding. Uh, you just see red, <laughs> you know, basically from Arizona to Florida. And, uh, and I don't know that, that that's, that's necessarily going to change, but, um, you know, hopefully we do have a, have a football season of some kind to do. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they split it. Maybe we do half the games in the fall and half the games in the spring. And then it's, you know, it becomes very exciting and, Maybe if we're really lucky, we won't play Washington. Yeah, just anything. I anything think the main thing no is to Cup. not play Washington. And as long as there's no Apple Cup, I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I just, I, I wish, I hope. Um, it's, it's been nice having sports to watch, but I, I do love sports in person, and I hope to get to do that someday. Um, speaking of, uh, you mentioned them at last, but the, uh, they're, well, I'm not going to call the NWSL their uh, counterpart because the NWSL is a much higher league in in this um, is uh, is you know uh, the top female league in the world and um, while the MLS is uh, def- certainly not for the men. Um, 
But the Monday, but they and, did a really smart thing by playing in, in Utah. Yeah, they've been playing in Utah. They've been playing in the mountains. Uh, so they're doing a, a sort of they're basically doing a tournament uh, with their eight with eight. Um, the Orlando Pride pulled out because they had ten players who went to a bar and uh, contracted in coronavirus. Florida, protect Ashlyn Harris at all costs. She is my queen. Do not harm her in any way, Orlando. Um, anyways. Uh, uh, I do love Ashlyn Harris though. Um, but, yes. but anyways, uh, but so our, uh, our girl Morgan Weaver has gotten her first two games of, of, uh, yeah. professional soccer action, um, came in, in the second half, uh, around the 54th minute or so of, of the first match, um, played, a, um, uh, a, a winger position, a wing on the left. Uh, which is a good spot for her um, with her speed. Um, and, uh, you know, had a couple shots, uh, no, no real great chances. Uh, she uh, she did not look like I, early on. It took her a bit, I think, to work herself into it. Uh, early on, she did not look the more the aggressive Morgan Weaver that I remember. She looked like, you know, she was a little uh, timid. But uh, definitely by... You know, by about ten minutes in of her playing, she was definitely pressing a lot more and 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 being a more more active to get going and getting the ball. Um, but definitely looked like she belonged. She gets to play alongside one of the best strikers in in uh, soccer history and Christine Sinclair, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I hopefully that uh, uh, you know gets her some open looks. Um, she got one today in their match. Um, wide open look in, in front of the in front of the goal, um, able to get a foot on it, uh, but a nice save by the goalie kept her from getting her first goal. So uh, she'll the, it'll be happening. Goalie. Yeah, stupid goalie. They ended up tying zero zero. So they ruin everything. So uh, uh, the good news is the Thorns are only have one point through two matches. Um, I love you, Morgan, but rain forever. Um, yeah, I hope she scores and I hope they lose and all that stuff. But yeah, I I don't know. It's hard. Like I felt myself like rooting for the the thorns while I was watching because if you're rooting for um, an attacking forward, then it's really hard not to just root for the team overall because like you're like push the ball forward. Come on, get her the ball. Get her the ball. Get her the ball. Come on, she's open. Get it to her. You know. So it's that's that's gonna be a struggle for me. Um, the rain opened up, opened up with a zero-zero tie. Uh, it was a pretty boring match. Um, I got my CBS All Access free preview, which I'm gonna have to turn into a subscription so I can watch the rest of the matches. But um, yeah, so it, I don't know. It's uh, there's been some fun matches so far. If you're looking for sports to watch, uh, there was a, uh, I think a three-three draw already. I like some, it's just nuts. Like um, some fun soccer going on there. Um, and uh, these are the best uh, women's players in the world. Yeah. Uh, Dabinha on uh, the North Carolina team is a Brazilian player, and she is an absolute blast to watch. Yeah, it's a good it, it's a it's good stuff to watch, man. And as usual, the women are ahead of the men on a lot of things. So, you know, uh, activism, and so that's that's been a part of it with them as well. Um, and then, you know, just restarting their league correctly. They're not going to have a, you know, they're not going to have a problem with having to shut it down. And, you know, all these other leagues may not even get off the ground because they want to go 
you know, stay in the Disney bubble and pay back their uh, their Disney TV partners, and yep. that might that might be actually end up being the non-starter. So, you know, if they if they were really serious about it, they'd be doing what you know the NWSL is doing. They'd be, you know, having their restart in Montana or North Dakota or. Salt Lake City is not exactly North Dakota. (laughs) No, it's it's not. But at the same time, um, you know, obviously the situation's much better there. Yeah, absolutely. um, You know, they they don't much lower of a risk if you do happen to expose yourself at you know, say a restaurant or something. Much lower risk of of catching it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe they were all these leagues were kind of maybe thinking about this all wrong. I understand there's like logistics; you got to have facilities or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, you don't need a place with a bunch of seats. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just need a you need a fancy hotel and uh, some places for them to practice. And you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think uh, I think maybe they weren't thinking uh, quite big enough uh, about it. They they I think were. Thinking, you know, especially MLS, I know was was trying to scratch the back of ESPN and Disney so that you know they could maybe earn some goodwill heading into another TV contract negotiation. But I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, I think Disney MLS a, will probably Disney, push ahead. Disney slash ESPN has a whole sports complex down there. Yeah, ESPN or uh, MLS will probably push ahead because their players are uh, not as well compensated. Yeah, they as, need the money. As uh, and you know, I, that's MLB and or NBA. To that point, the NWSL is the same way. A lot Similar of these, deal. a lot yeah. of these players play in international leagues in the off season to compensate their income. Uh, Australia is a common place, or whatever. Like, um, I looked it up, and you know, there's a good chance like Morgan Weaver's making like twenty grand playing in the NWSL. Like, it's not. It's not a highly compensated league. They they have allocation money and they have, you know, they can pay their top players a little more. So hopefully she's getting more than that. Um, but like the 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 top salaries aren't super high at, at without allocation money and the yeah yeah. You know, so it's it's not a and um, the top players make more of a salary from their national team pay. Yep, absolutely. The way that's set up, which has been part of a highly uh, publicized lawsuit, but. Uh, but they do actually make a pretty decent chunk of change, uh, to that much point. more than they make for their uh, for their domestic league. Um, so I was, you know, just uh, uh, be, you you brought up the, the national team. So I just this was a thought I had um, in regards to Weaver's chance to uh, make the national team. Um, and, and keep in mind, she's already twenty three. So like it's um, in in terms of like national team, that can be pretty old. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you look at to some, start breaking in for sure. You look like someone like Win- Lynn Williams, who has been a goal scoring machine in the NWSL, and she's barely gotten a, a look. Like she has like nine caps, and none of them are in in, in major competitions. Um, that's how deep the U.S. roster is. Like it's Lynn Williams is a really good soccer player, and like she is not. She's barely getting a chance with the U.S. Uh, women's national team. So um, that kind of like sobered me to the idea of Morgan getting a chance because like it's just it's tough. Like it's it's super tough. Um, she could be one of the best 
you know, attacking forwards, you know, attacking wingers in, in the world. And still, I mean, you look at the players like that you have in her position, like uh, Megan Rapino and Kristen Press and stuff like that, that are playing for the national team. And someone like Lynn Williams, who's an incredible striker, doesn't even get a shot because she's got like Alex Morgan and um and lloyd in front of her so it's like 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 it's it's just like a, it's a nuts like such a deep uh program of very talented people um and uh, that kind of like just because they were you know they were playing the courage and so I, i'm getting to watch like both these sides and i'm like wow lynn williams is super fun and she is so good and I had barely ever heard of her before, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, holy crap. Like, and so I'm like, why isn't she on the, yeah. And she's like, barely gotten a touch, like uh, on the, on the national team. And she scored like, uh, she's one of the leading scorers every year in the NWSL. And she plays, like I said, she plays in Australia because she doesn't have that national team um, money as much. So she's got to go play internationally more so um she did yeah just this year i think she was just trying to capture some uh some money because australia was playing some matches before we were but um yeah she's a fun player and her and dabini on the courage are super fun to watch um yep uh so i'm i I didn't get to watch their uh, match this today but uh i'm I'm actually probably i have no interest in the team but uh, i might go rewatch it just to see them yep yeah they're a super fun team Pretty, I, I think they are. I'm not an NWSL uh, expert by any means, but it seems like they're pretty head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I think they're far and away the favorite to win this uh, this tournament. And, yeah. And if we know anything from watching the Bundesliga and the, and the uh, English Premier League, that uh, you know, without home field advantage, the more talented teams usually win. So. Yeah, well, it's been a pretty interesting study in in what home field advantage does for teams, and it turns out quite a bit. Well, our beloved BVB uh, that didn't Except work out so them. well for yeah. them last yeah in their last uh, match of the season, where they had absolutely yeah. nothing to play for, and the team they're playing for had ever playing against had, had everything to play, to play for. for. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, losing four zero. Uh, but congrats to Hoffenheim on, on not having to go through the Euro qualifying stage. Uh, yeah. Europa Good qualifying for them. stage. Because um, that's a pain in the ass. Uh, and and sorry to Wolfsburg, who now gets to do that. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. BBB. Ugh. Ugh. That's all right. And oh, the new the new jerseys too. God, what are you doing to me? Oh yeah, I don't particularly like Def- those. Definitely, I'm not gonna get one of those. I think I'll stick with the one I've got. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't need Looks the lightning. Like, uh, the lightning, lightning bolts. And, yeah. They no. they've they've tweeted a lot of pictures of them today. So. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. It looks like lightning bolts, but kind of like tiger stripes. I'm not sure. I I don't know. <laughs> Like when uh, they do like a tiger, like clawing and then like tearing away the. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. It's uh, not great. Um, but yeah, you know, they'll be back in like two months or something, right? It's not, it's not a long time until all that starts up again. Soccer season is very long and almost continuously. Well, it should ongoing. be start. It's going to start up again like tomorrow. Yeah. It's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, they really do. Like, I mean, they start, even, that's how it is with the Sounders. You know, if, yeah, if they start in, the European league start their preseason in August, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna get like a few weeks off, and then it's gonna be right back at it. So I think they might even have Champions League. Yeah, we will not have to live without our beloved BVB for very long. Yeah, you know, I want to get back to getting up at 6 in the morning on, on Saturday. Heck yeah. That's what I want to do. Heck. It really is. Like, in the fall, it's awesome because, like, you get – I mean, not that getting up at 6 a.m. is awesome, but I'm old, so it doesn't really matter. And, you know, you get up, you watch some soccer, and then right into game day and right into football. So it's actually not half bad. Kids are still asleep. I get – coffee and soccer all to myself while everybody's still in bed it's a pretty damn good deal actually and we have our we have our uh our, our new team our, our next team tottenham now yeah um, we're making that. a we're we're charging toward the champions league uh, thank you to tim huddleston who uh sent me a tottenham kit uh and then also well because i had asked well i had asked uh sounders on twitter to because they're uh black and neon green uh jersey from 2015 won a contest for like best mls jersey ever and so i was like sell that so i said sell them again like so i can get one and then and uh tim uh um tim Olson, he uh he just reached out to me and said hey i got one you want one and i was like sure and so now i got one of those and then uh he sent me a tottenham one too so that's awesome. I'm all set. It's an Under Armour. It's when they were with Under Armour, and it's yeah. very, very form fitting. I was gonna say, I'll bet it's, I'll bet it's very slim. It, yeah, and so uh, <laughs> I probably won't don it until I lose yeah. a few more pounds. So uh, I was, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised to find out that my Dortmund replica jersey was true, true to size for an American extra large. Oh yeah, thank uh, you, so. thank you, Puma. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but I know that like so it was kind of a big deal in the in the Premier League a few years like I don't know, four or five years ago when um I think Arsenal was kind of the first one to go to the the pretty tight form fitting yeah. kit. And and it was kind of a big deal because uh because, you know, the portly uh English gentlemen who wanted to buy uh, a replica jersey were like, I can't wear this crap, you know, so um yeah, I I'm I'm sure that's that's kind of where where you ended up with that uh, with that Spurs jersey. Yeah, but, I'm uh, I'm I uh I ordered a a t-shirt and a hat that are gonna yeah. come, come in tomorrow. Um, oh, not, did not you get my... the Did you get the white hat? No. Oh, I don't wear white coward! Hats. No, I don't want to wear that shit. <laughs> the white hat was so sharp though. Nah, I I, I want a sharp. navy one with just a the logo but i yeah. got i got the one that had the the team spelled out and it's got the it's got the, right. the rooster whatever the fuck that is yeah. the hot spur on the back the cockerel the cockerel the cockerel standing on an old timey football it's got that on the back um and i got be a, a shirt with it because yeah you know, it's an animal so she's yeah tottenham's fun man like that that was kind of the biggest thing like when i kind of started getting into him like i i got into him because zane you know, our, our very own Zane Murphitt, uh, who was, you know, on the show with us a few weeks ago. Who knows way um, more about soccer than either. Yeah, us. he's he's like, OK, so we joke about being lifelong Dortmund fans like it's a like, you know, that's obviously a running gag. Uh, Zane really is like a longtime Tottenham, Tottenham. Hotspur fan. He's been like to he, a match. Yeah, he went to went to a match at, at the old White Hart Lane and. 
um, which was their previous stadium. And uh, so, yeah, so he's like long time. So I'm like, you know, it, it'll be cool to follow Spurs because he does. And that'll give us something to talk about. And and that's cool. I actually followed started following Everton like five years ago. Yeah, which I remember turned that out to be disaster. a really bad decision. <laughs> like they had like a top. They, they finished in sixth. They finished in fifth. And I was like, you know what? They've got Tim Howard in goal. That's really cool. He's an American, right? So that's really cool. Um, I'll fo- and they're going to be in Europa League. This is a team that's on the come up. Like they had Romelu Lukaku at the time. Like I'm like, yeah, Ross Barkley. Lukaku's hell of Yeah, you know. So I mean, he was young. He was he yeah. was on loan at the time, but it was just like, you know, like. Yeah, I mean they they've got these young talented guys. You know they had they had Ross Barkley. I'm trying to remember who the the center, John Stones who now is with uh, I think Manchester City. Um, and so they like had all these young talented guys. It was like all right, this is cool. And then uh, Roberto Martinez, who is now the the manager for Belgium for their national team, was was the manager, and he just like it was like a flaming pile of poo. And, and just like the worst thing. And then they were, were even, I think even worse the next year. And I, and then he got fired. And so it was like, Oh, that I have not chosen. I have not chosen wisely. Um, and, and in the meantime, I could have chosen Liverpool, which, you know, God damn it. Like I could have had that. And he certainly lived Liverpool. up to expectations with Belgium. Yeah. So I'm just like, eh, you know, so anyway, so I start following Spurs this year and then I'm like, and this, they, they weren't having a great season. I mean, the, the coach got fired, but, um, who was like the guy who led him to sort of, you know, unseen heights in, in recent history. But, um, but they just have a lot of like really, like really cool, likable players. Um, Harry Kane is a guy who's super easy to yeah, like, yeah. uh, young men's son is, is like this incredible, like fast winger and he's always got a smile on his face and he just plays with um with such like cool enthusiasm um so i don't know they've just they've got some really uh they, they've just got some really some guys who's like you know musa sissoko um honestly reminds me of just like a bigger version of uh, ozzy alonzo just with the way he plays right. he just runs around and destroys things um, which is cool. And, and so anyway, so they're just, they're kind of a fun team. Um, they apparently, so Jose Mourinho's the the coach now, which, um, uh, he's like Darth Vader, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so that part kind of sucks, but, um, yeah, other than that, they're, they're, they're pretty fun. So, yeah. So if you're, if you jump on board, if you didn't jump on board BVB, you can, you know, jump on board the, the Spurs train. They got a, they got a match coming up, uh, I don't know, Friday, Thursday. Thursday or Friday? Tomorrow? Uh, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow, Thursday. It's tomorrow. It's Thursday. Tomorrow. Or today. Because if you're, you're listening to you're this podcast. You're almost certainly not going to listen to this. Before, yeah, probably not. Um, before before it, uh, You could, though. You could. It's That's at right. uh, it's at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So you Yeah, could, the podcast will be out sometime in the morning. So, so you I suppose it's possible. Listen to this and be like, well, I got nothing to do. <laughs> it's probably on uh, NBC Sports, I think. I think probably. the match is on NBC Sports. Probably. So I don't think I'm going to get my new Tottenham hat in by in by uh, 10 a.m. But probably not. Uh, we'll 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 see. Um, but I got I got my blue T-shirt. You know, it's uh, I got uh, you know, with the cockerel on the front. I got it's a good. I got a um I got a gray one because they didn't have any the blue ones in in my size, but um so i'm rolling with a gray one but b's got a cool blue one i'm jealous uh, but nice. i have plenty of navy blue in my uh in my wardrobe already <laughs> um, 
pretty much a lot of brewery t-shirts uh mariners seahawks things like that yeah um yeah so soccer talk uh, welcome soccer to, talk welcome to soccer talk with the craig and jeff that's right hey man uh what else you got to watch what else you got to watch this time nothing like because right we keep getting fucking sick and nobody will wear their masks yeah god damn it everybody else gets to have nice things by the way it is on nbc sports yeah at 10 a.m all right um man uh i guess uh i think that's probably it yeah man. we had a bonus stuff that we didn't plan on talking so it's true yo we we're checking in on our regular nearly hour and a half so yeah i think we've done a good job um we covered it all yeah i'm excited for uh Borussia Dortmund. I mean, wait, uh, WSU to play sports again. <laughs> or Borussia. I yeah. still can't say it. I, get, I, I, know. I know it's Borussia, but I, it's Borussia in my head, and I can't I can't get over it. But um, I didn't even open my second beer. I, I'm bummed. Oh, I brought one. What's it's wrong with you? Holy Mountain Three Fates, one of my all-time. Oh, I had that. Uh, I had I, that last it's, week. It's a beautiful Czech Pills. Yes, uh, it is. I picked up a couple four-packs from there. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll have beer. it. I'll have it after, I guess. It's 11 o'clock. Maybe I won't. Maybe yeah. I'll just go to sleep. I don't know. Maybe. Well, nothing puts you to sleep like another beer, so. <laughs> it, it is. You should it's, probably do that. It does a great job. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, uh, all right. Black Lives Matter. Uh, don't forget that. Um, that's that's right. still a thing. Um, yes, it is. Even if SPD tries to not make it a thing by shoving people around if you, again. If you if you are inclined, f- f- please listen to that um, our episode on that a couple episodes back. Um, it's important. Uh, the causes that you may have donated to in the last couple of weeks will still need support. Um, yes. Throughout. Um, so just yep. remember that. Um, nothing has Black been, lives will still matter. Um, even Mississippi changing their flag is only one part of many things that need to be fixed. So. <laughs> yep. Um, all Indeed. right. All right, man. Uh, go Cougs. Go Cougs, Craig.